It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Podcast time from us here at The Custard TV. How are you doing? I'm Luke, editor and, more ironically every week, runner of the website. Um, Gary's here in London area. I'm missing out just the words in between. I should have said the then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, said, I'm It feels like we're all in London when you yeah, say that. in the, the London, London area. Yeah. yeah. Matt's in the north. This is my last week at the post office. This is my farewell tour. What is the weirdest thing you've ever posted? Occasionally you get people posting hair, which I suppose is quite weird for like, you know, for like wigs and stuff. You know, people donate their hair to charity. You don't mean like serial killers, you know? No. Well, I hope not, but people do do that, don't they? Like for cancer patients, they donate their hair to make wigs for for cancer. I do feel though, like your departure from the post office does mean that we're sort of going to be running low on anecdotes because I enjoy the little anecdotes from the post office, but I feel like well, your new job, they're going to be a bit going downbeat. And I'm a new job where confidentiality is Yeah, I, I was just going to say, they're going to have his weekends free, so hopefully we'll get a little bit of taste of Matt's well, that's new when, sort no, of not really, social life. He's going to have to watch telly and podcasts. Yeah. So. Well, may, okay. maybe one of us should, like, you know, get a life. But then we wouldn't be I doing like. the podcast. And we'd let down 108 people if we did. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. The telly-obsessed trio. Enjoy your show, boy. This is the Custard TV Podcast. I got, as a leaving present to my my friends at the post office, I got them all new bins. What, because Because the bins we had were... Ru- like literally were rubbish they were had massive holes in the bottom of them like waste paper bins they're like you know the plasticky black plastic bins and the ones that we had had cracks in the middle cracks at the top cracks at the bottom so it didn't really function very well as bins so i thought i'm sure that me by i was gonna say i'm sure that means a lot but i wouldn't hold out much hope on the quality of your leaving present based on that how much did they cost you I'll talk about cost on this podcast, but please, um, I'd be fine. No, 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 because he is really funny with money and and quite right. Twenty-five quid for six bins, different colours or the same? No, same black. And sorry, Luke, how do you mean I'm funny about money? (laughs) No, I just you're just pick up on that. (laughs) What I meant with you, you don't waste your money. You don't waste yeah. your money. You're no, cautious no. with money, yeah. quite rightly. I was surprised that you would. You're saying you're tight, others. Matt. Yeah, just no. Very typical tight northerner. Gary is about to head west. Yes. Uh, I've done what in my head. I love how you leave such a long gap. 
then I was thinking, no, actually, that's put in afterwards. Sharp Objects, episode two, uh, which again is a simulcasting at 2 a.m. on Monday mornings and then again on Monday evenings on Sky Atlantic. And, and again, very slow pace to the episode in the sense that they're really getting you to focus on the flashbacks and the images that Amy Adams sees. And I, be, I do believe now it was her sister uh, very much that went missing, uh, that got yeah, killed. There was, a, there was a line, wasn't there, about the differences between what Patricia Clarkson did when the, That's it. presumably her daughter died and what the family of the most recent dead girl did in terms of the wake and everything. Really what you've got is her continuing to go round the town and speak to people she goes to the funeral and then the wake of the recently found child that, that they found in the street corner and you just get these wonderful interactions i love the bit where she goes and meets the boy sitting in the window playing with the gun and the mother i just think that's totally believable of like you know i'm not saying anything until you pay me 50 quid and it, it does appear very much as if there is a, a bit of an ulterior motive by the editor into why he has sent her back to this town it, it, more so than last week it appears he wants the, her to confront her mm. issue yeah we well, got I think, a bit of that last week didn't we but yeah, yeah they, it didn't quite make quite sense explicit. last week where i think this week because the wife sp- spoke more genuinely didn't mm. she about you know what you know are you sure you know what you're, you're doing? not a therapist yeah the the latest girl had her teeth removed and yes. that takes a lot of effort and there was a great yeah. scene where uh, the detective, the younger detective, the fish out Willis. of water type, yeah. uh, takes a pig's head and, and tries to remove the teeth of that to see how how difficult it would be for someone as a killer to do that. That was a lovely scene. And you also got a lot more kind of like revel- sort of behind the scenes revelations of what Camille was like before she left. A kind of I'm like really a intrigued by was. the by the friend Jackie as well, who is always mm. lav- lavishing. Elizabeth so, Perkins. Yeah. Always lavishing yeah. so much praise on her whenever she sees a mm. sort of maybe a surrogate mother type, we're supposed to mm. think here. You definitely get the feeling she didn't get much love from her own mother. You, there's obvious clear signs, wasn't there? There was a, a, a flashback where she was sitting on her lap and the mother just walked, got up and walked away. Um, and even Camille, you know, she found her mother crying in a bedroom and she just kind of left. You know, there's clearly not, the relationship is not there. That's to do with the death. I'm just... I'm read, reading into it a little bit more. Apparently, the girl who died was her half-sister. The, okay. She was the first daughter of Patricia Clarkson's character with the stepfather. Right. Do we have any sense uh, of a suspect? Do you feel it comes from within people I, you've seen? To be honest with you, I don't think it's that sort of show. No. It's not... It's not I like think Big Little be, Lies, really. You might be looking okay. at it from the wrong angle. It's not a murder No, no, I'm, I'm just asking. I don't... I, don't I, I agree. I don't have an idea. I don't think the suspect is necessarily yeah. someone... I think it's like the murder mystery is like the MacGuffin. Um, yeah. Which is something that dra- is like... Carol MacGuffin? Yeah, the thing that's meant to drive the plot forward—it's—it's it's like a Hitchcockian yes. film where there's always a, like an item that drove the plot forward, and in this case, it's the murder mystery that that's taking Camille back to her hometown. But what it's really about is all these old, deep-seated issues and mm. the town sort of mentality towards both Camille and the officer um, who we talked about earlier. I really liked the scenes in the at the wake where yeah. you've got again got this sort of town feeling this sort of really closed town the people were sort of talking behind each other's back saying you know the mother's speech at the funeral that wasn't her talking about her daughter and 
you know, Camille going around all the rooms, finding the spider, going into, I think it was Natalie, wasn't it, the girl who died, yeah. trying to feed the spider and things like that. All that was great. And still that sense of this real heat and, and sweat coming from the town and just characters sort of fanning themselves at the funeral. Yeah. I thought that was a great touch. They have got the atmosphere spot on. You literally can feel that when you yeah. watch it. The um, sweltering of the... Like, yeah. You must feel like you need to swat a fly or a mosquito away yeah. whilst you're doing it. The thing with the funeral as well, I loved um, Andorra taking um, Camille's Adora. pen. Yeah. Adora, taking Camille's pen, stopping mm. her, making notes. Really uncomfortable Telling with the Jackie idea of her reporting. I, I, yeah, I loved Jackie the indoor voice line. Do you, the other thing that they're trying to push, obviously, is, is this kind of woman in white kind of, you know, sort of backstory, this kind of local myth that a lot of these towns in America have of like, you know, the, the, the mysterious things seen in the forest. I, I, I don't know whether that's going to go anywhere, uh, but they certainly played a lot of time this week, sort of making it seem as if, you know, it's more than just a local legend that there might be something about it. The source material was written by Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gonga. We spoke about and that who wrote week. this episode as well. And so it will all come together because it is an, a novel and, but I, th- I think if you're looking for who did it, that's not what... No, no, I, that, that's not what I was asking. I think I was yeah. asked to... to Again, like Big Little Lies. It was part of it, because we knew there'd been a murder, but that wasn't as important, really. Uh, certainly the, the who done it and the who done it too. Can I just pick out another scene I really liked was between the sort of the old detective and the new town detective. Uh, where he when did he did his tie. tie. Yeah. I really like that, that he was saying, like, you're not from round here and stuff. He was struggling with his tie, and he did the thing where he took his tie off and did it, and I thought that was a really nice thing. I love I love those little moments in this, and I think that's what puts this as above a, a lot of dramas, just these little sort of... As an old things. Silence of the Lambs uh, fan as well, I like the little interplay, you know, where yes. he was trying to, trying to do a mini profile. Calling and her Clarice. Went, and... Yeah, and, you know, thank you very much, Agent Starling, as he yeah. walked away. You know, little hints to that, you know, and, and in these small towns... The difficulty of getting local police forces to think outside of the box, you know, or anything is very difficult. You know, they still don't see this as a pattern. They still think this is two isolated incidents. It's really only that police officer and was the Amy Adams character that see it as anything more than that. So another thing that I think all three of us have been enjoying, the last episode of The Fourth Estate, which is a, a look at behind the scenes at the New York Times, both the Washington Bureau and the New York Bureau, as they deal with the first year of the Trump administration finished this weekend. This last episode sort of focused on their sort of breaking of the Russian collusion, the, the arrests of uh, his, um, his personal lawyer, the revelations about his affairs. They, they've been very important in exposing the Me Too uh, kind of movement um, or the, the Harvey Weinstein that kicked off the Me Too movement and then they had a problem where one of their own reporters, somebody featured quite heavily in the first the Glenn? three episodes. Glenn? Yeah, Ross? Glenn. You know, we didn't get much detail but certainly no. it made women feel uncomfortable. We- women, the line. their accusations were made against him we'll leave it at yeah. that. And it, it appeared to be women who were no longer working there which obviously made it very difficult for them to sort of make any public comment. And it was how they dealt with that. And I, I, I kind of did like how they showed you that because, of course, the New York Times could have easily turned around and said, no, we're not filming that. You know, that puts us in a bad light. You can very much say this has been a warts and all expose on what happens in the inner workings of the New York Times. I feel this is one of the strongest documentaries I've seen in a long time. I, I found this thoroughly interesting. And I know, I know from a few tweets that Luke and I have done. I'd like to find out what Matt thought. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... It was fascinating, the scene where they sent the one Jewish reporter to 
cover Trump's sort of uh, winter Christmas holiday, and he ended up spending half an hour with him at the golf course, just being very candid. The fact is, he's completely different from anyone they've dealt with before, and it's almost the theme is how do we deal with someone who doesn't operate like a normal politician? Because we're used to dealing with politicians. You know, he's attacking us, he's attacking the liberal media. I think they focused on the right characters. I really like uh, Elizabeth, the head of the Washington Bureau. Yeah. Um, Luke likes how posh she is. Um, <laughs> she was and, very prim and proper. And that final scene with the, you know, the people who'd won the Pulitzers and everyone sort of yeah. getting into the office and sort of celebrating their journalism. And um, Dean, isn't it, the executive editor, saying people have criticised us before during the Vietnam War and everything, and we survived that storm. They've gone. The New York Times is still here, so. What they're saying is, you know, Trump can criticise us all he wants, but we're still going to be here at the end of his presidency. And I think, I think the other thing is how balanced they've been, because I think it could have been very easy to be very kind of Trump bashing. Mm. And I think it, it was a great balance with that of showing, you know, how hard it is to, 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 to contain this guy in a, in a news story. You can't do it. I think that was what the main thing that came out of me for the whole series was you can't contain Trump in your normal reporting. I do think it was a really, really interesting and um, no-holds-barred documentary. Um, I've never seen anything like it on television or in film, really, where we get to see this sort of side of the news media and how different it is in 2018. Not (laughs) only one of the best um, documentaries this year, I think it's one of my favourites of all time i think it's really up there with uh, as far as this year i think it's up there with 24 hours in police custody that finished this week as well and i and i think i, I know it's in a maybe a slightly different category but i i think documentary style work worth you know worthy shows um you could probably do a top five this year and these two would definitely be in it have you told your friends about this podcast okay here we go no it's just not my idea of a good time tell them now that's what the people want to hear this is the custard tv podcast good to the last drop from the custardtv.com unforgotten is back luke because you've been with this show for months and months do you want to lead us through this chris lang's six-part crime drama is back for a third series uh, nicola walker sanjeev baskar return as uh, Cassie Stewart and Sonny, Sonny Khan, I believe, as uh, these two detectives who work on cold cases, and they're called in when workers discover the pelvis, as it turns out, of uh, pelvis bone on roadworks off the M1, and they set about finding out who this pelvis bone could belong to. They find out that it's got, like, um, a plate in it with a with a serial number that they work out has to come from abroad somewhere within the EU and through a lot of clever detective work they find out that that comes from Greece and they start to work out the age of the person based from that Cyprus and they work out from the age of when the operation was done the the basic age of the of the person it's female and um they sort of get together all the missing people and just basically make phone calls to their family to inquire whether they've been on holiday in Cyprus. Yeah. Yeah, so they just basically do the the hard but obvious thing of phoning everybody on the missing persons list, the families of, to find out, A, whether they went to Cyprus on holiday, and B, whether they had um, uh, any injuries that would require a plate when they were away. And they stumble across one family, a girl named Hayley, who they get hold of her sister and she says yes 
my sister, who went missing at the turn of the millennium, she had broken her arm in Cyprus and had to have a plate fitted, and that's where the victim is. Meanwhile, as is always the case with Unforgotten, we have um, four concurrent stories running at the same time. We've got Neil Morrissey as this sort of down-on-his-luck salesman trying to trick elderly people into signing over their money in in dodgy schemes who is struggling at home with his family his two young boys and his wife We've also got kevin mcnally as this sort of university challenge type host of a tv show who is struggling personally as well with his teenage son who throughout the episode they are searching for having gone missing and he turns up uh confronts him and he's sort of dressed Eddie Izzard-esque uh, mm. when, when mm. we meet Transvestite. Him. Yes. Then there's James Fleet as Chris Lowe, this sort of really well-respected and, and well-funded artist who's been going through a lot of mental health issues, is living with his dog uh, in a camper van who has fallen sort of head over heels for this refugee and her son. Was she Spanish who... or Italian? I couldn't really tell. she was meant to be like Syrian or something. Oh, was she? Oh, okay. And uh, he sort of proposes to her because he sort of... The most awkward scene of the piece, wasn't it? Finally, there's Alex Jennings, who we last saw in uh, in A Very English Scandal. As this doctor who is is part of, is a GP in, a, in the small town, struggling with the fact that he's got this court case going on where he has refer- said terrible things... Uh, to a patient who his that the daughter's heard about and is suing mm. him and some people are are for him in the town don't believe a word of it because this girl has a bit of a reputation for shouting her mouth off and stirring the pot and some people are thinking he's a disgrace. The reason these four are important is because unlike previous series in, in Unforgotten, we know from the off. Although I don't think it was made explicitly clear in this episode, but we do know from the off. Uh, that all four are school friends who've known each other for years and years and years. The only other thing to mm. mention is that Cassie, played by the brilliant Nicola Walker, is struggling with loneliness. Her father's mm. spending more time with a, with a woman. Her son's gone over to America to study. And she's just feeling it a bit of a loss, I think. Sonny's got a new relationship as yeah, well. Yeah, Sonny's so. got a new woman in his life, so... He's not ringing. Everyone's in, in... moved on, but her basically. Exactly. It's, it's lucky she's got a case to d- dig her teeth into. Yeah, know it really. Haley, the girl who they find out was uh, the bone or the pelvis bone on the M1, is a well-known, well-publicised missing person at the time. And there's one of the police officers there saying, "I remember this one. I know her. My mum wouldn't let me get a Saturday job after this." Happened. Oh so, yeah. So unlike the previous Unforgotten series, where they're sort of just random people. This one is sort of a loosely well, based on Lily Dowler. She didn't say Dowler. she knew her. Did she didn't know her. No, know she her, knew. What, she no, one of the other police officers said he remembered being wor- either working or was familiar with the case. I'm sure. Yes. And then she said so that line about a, Saturday job. A well-known, well-publicised at the time case, and that they are thrust into the spotlight basically for the first time ever. Um, I will be brutally honest and say that when I watched this on preview. I wasn't as won over by the the initial four stories. I didn't think there was a lot in them. But I watched it again subsequently on Sunday Night Live and I enjoyed it a lot more. I think it knitted together a lot more. Nicola Walker and Sanjeev Bhaskar just 
so good together and the, the, the mm. and the, the the it's believable that this is how they would do these things this is how they would find out how this girl was you know came to be where she was well let's find out where the plate is all of that was 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 well done and well executed and it's a show where the quieter moments are the are the bits I love about it and that they were still there in abundance. The scene that I think really won me over and was the high point for me in this episode was when they were all reading the missing persons. You know, you're sitting there with these hundreds of folders and pictures and and just the, the fact that they would have to call these people and say, look, I can't really say anything, but can I ask you if your daughter or, you know, had a, a, a replacement, you know, had an operation and to hear the kind of like the, the stories in the background you know, of having to then say, no, I'm sorry, you know, we can't say anything. You know, you can just feel that emotion that would have been on the other end of those phones. If that's a very emotionally charged scene, but without really having to do any action or, you know, you don't have to go visit these families to do that. You just, the, those simple phone calls and the good acting of that team, um, of those actors really, really brought that through. This presented these four people to us and you can't imagine at this stage any of them or all of them having the capabilities to murder a young girl at the start yeah. of the millennium. And that's what it does well, is it, it sort of turns the tables on you going, well, don't get too attached to these people because one or yeah. all of them have conspired to do something terrible. And, you know, I really enjoyed the investigation scenes. I love the stuff with Nicola Walker as Cassie. You know, she's on her own, you know, she's phoning her son and he's off out in New York and, her dad's spending time at his girlfriend's house and ringing Sonny about the investigation. He's with his girlfriend and his daughters and she's just all on her own with a glass of wine. And I think this is going to be a good series for Nicola Walker. I think she's got some sort of issues to explore with the character. The weaker elements still are the are the, the sort of four disparate stories. But as they start to come together, as has been the case in the prior two series, we will sort of, I think, start to understand these characters a little bit more unforgotten is the only thing on itv worth your eyes it continues sunday <laughs> it, no it truly is oh, you i know suppose so yeah i do think that they've kind of done the show a disservice putting it on now but on the other hand with it being the only thing to watch it's not going to get lost so there's mm. that unforgotten itv nine o'clock sunday matt i'm handing you the talking back. stick Keeping Faith, which has had an interesting sort of journey. It had an interesting life, hasn't it? An interesting journey to our screens. It started life on S4C, I believe. Yes. Oh, really? Well, BBC Wales? There's a Welsh Welsh language version was on S4C. And then BBC One Wales showed, like, the English language version of this. So there was two different versions. It was also on the iPlayer. And while it was on the iPlayer, it broke several iPlayer records or something like that. Yeah. People were watching it and there was like it became sort of almost like a word of mouth hit. This stars Eve Miles as Faith Howells, a solicitor um, partner in her firm, a firm with her husband Evan, which uh, the firm used to be co-run with Evan's father, Tom. Uh, Faith has ha- been off on maternity leave, I believe, for the last year or so. So... Um, her husband has been sort of running the firm with another solicitor. Um, it was a junior associate type thing. Um, it, it, it starts where sort of Faith is almost ready to go back to work. We see her sort of on the town with her friends. Then her husband basically goes out one day. Uh, she believes to work and then he doesn't appear at work. She ends up having to 
do his cases for a day and it's like oh where's he gone what's he doing is he, is this a way of him trying to get me back to work but by and by she realizes Oh, no, he's actually dropped off the face. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC the earth we've got no idea where he is eventually finds out that he's almost like living this double life finds um uh, id uh fake id and a wig of him sort of taking on another identity of someone who uh, i don't know if any either of you's watched the second episode but i decided to sort of watch the second one as well and it it sort of becomes clear who this person is and who his identity is taking on the second episode um and she's also sort of struggling to look after her three kids while also dealing with her husband's disappearance. I've read basically things from people who've seen it all late that it's don't judge it on the first episode, and that's why I watched the second episode where there was a bit more context and it was a bit more focused purely on the disappearance rather than giving us a portrait of Faith, who was this sort of almost comedic yeah. figure to an extent. And comparing it to things, I would compare it more to um, Dr. Foster was, was my comparison because she's... Right. Like the outside oh, okay. of small town. She's moved here to marry him and marry into the business. And apart from his father, all of her, his family are very suspicious of her. The neighbours are quite derogatory to, to her. Gary, what did you think? I, I liked it. Um, I, th- there were things I didn't like. I, I, but I, I, I do think she's a competent enough actress. And I think I, I, it was believable. I believed the situation she was in. I thought, OK, we're going to get a bit of a legal drama here. You know, because you got her getting involved in the in the local cases and the solicitor, and I thought, is that going to detract? And then, of course, there was that good reveal of these double identity or his possible multiple identities, uh, which I think intrigued me and I think made me want to watch. You know, as you say, it, it wants mm. to keep me coming back for episode two to see how that plays out. I've seen people on my timeline saying, "Keeping Faith is up there when you get to the end with Line of Duty in terms of good, strong BBC drama." I get the impression a lot of people binged on this, didn't they? They watched all like, yeah. sort of back to back, and I think that's where they get the impression from. And I think sometimes that's the best thing to do. I mean, they've taken it all off iPlayer so they can do well, it Well, I was going to say, I noticed that it's series. not on there anymore. So one thing I, I didn't mention in my setup as well is that the, 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 the actor playing Eve Miles' husband is actually Eve Miles' husband in real life. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Luke, anything um, to add? Yeah, I've got some things to add, and Good. I'm about to add them. Good. Um, on the positive <laughs> front, and I, uh, on the positive front, in the few dramas that we've spoken of on the in the past on this very podcast, where people have gone missing, and you're left with the person searching for them, but you didn't see the connection between them, so you don't feel like I'm going to have to mention it. One of them was Black Work with Sheridan Smith. Oh yeah. The husband goes missing and. You spend like five seconds with him and then he's gone. And Remember that, least... Gary? No. Oh, Christ. <laughs> he's unbelievable, isn't he? So, so from that perspective, 
I thought they did it well. I thought they mm. set up a believable doing connection. Flashbacks in each episode. Yeah, they've got a little bit of flashback in each episode, I think, focusing on their relationship. I think they set up an, a believable family unit and a believable mm. relationship between the pair of them. And they didn't just get into the oh, it's about him going missing, yeah. so we yeah. have to do that straight away. Otherwise, yeah. people will get going. Well, when's he going to go missing? Which I really applaud it for doing that and taking a bit of time. I wasn't drawn in by this first one really very much at all. And I'm going to contradict myself from previous podcasts where I say things need time to build and you shouldn't judge everything by the first episode. But in the same instance, there has to be something in there that I gravitate towards to make me like you want to go on to the second episode. (coughs) And I, I didn't feel any real necessity or need to have the rest of Keeping Faith in my weeks watching really and I, I haven't really even thought though about there's it. nothing on yeah even though there's said. nothing on and I haven't really thought about it since we mm. watched it and mm. and I'm not I'm not really connected I mean as it goes on if you two start to go no you missed yeah it. I, I the think moment, I'm going to watch really... the third one definitely yeah something happens at I, the end of two I, that but, I... well that, that's the like... thing I think I think for me it was the reveal at the end of the episode that mm. made me go no that's clever it you know, does that's, feel that's, a bit like that that they are trying to hook you in because there's bits in episode two which are quite generic i think um for example you find out that the business is losing a lot of money that's quite a generic plot point and this might have been some of the reason for him to go missing is that he'd lost a lot of money and hadn't told her oh i see right it's basically her finding out a lot of things that she didn't know about him you know there's the there's the insinuation that he might be having an affair or something Mm. and i i think if 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 i was if this was on in 2012, when we first started doing the podcast, this is the sort of drama that, that me then would have gone, no, I'm sticking with this because I like stuff based with family. I'm intrigued with the mystery. But I'm, mm. I'm just not that, I'm not that sort of viewer anymore. And things need to sort of hook me in. I think Eve Miles did a really good job as a believable lead character, but I just wasn't... It was too airy fairy for me in parts, and too family sort of eight pm drama in parts for me to want to carry on. And I know I'm in okay. the minority. Between um, keeping faith and save me, the the yellow mark has has made a real big ap- reappearance this oh, year. Oh, it's when 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 it does eventually rain, everybody's <laughs> going to go and get the yeah. yellow mark. I don't think it's going to really be till August. Styled faith to be this character with the the yellow mark and the long blonde hair, similarly. Lenny James's character in Save Me had found that yellow Mac and was wearing it throughout the throughout the it series. Could there so be I... a crossover? Oh, maybe. Two. Saving Faith. Yeah. Or Keeping Saving... Me. Keeping Me would be weird. <laughs> it's things that I feel like I've seen before. You know, we've yeah. mentioned a few shows that we that is similar to. Whereas, I think Save Me I found more unique in a way. It did have that element of someone going missing again. But this, this I think it feels like. There's more to come. I've got that impression from it. That, that I, feels I, like... I do. I do like the fact that, as you say, it's a bit of what you call a sleeper hit. Mm. Those that have praised it are people that I think are reasonably well respected uh, and have decent eye for television. So I, I'm keen to find out how it goes, and I'm pleased to know there's another twist at the end of episode two. That's I, I like that kind of. And thing. is there that, a that... second series? I'm imagining that. Yes. No. They've they've already said that there will be. Um, okay. Picnic at Hanging Rock uh, was originally a novel by Joan Lindsay in 1967, was made into a movie, I believe, early 1980s, with, uh, directed by Peter Weir, who also did things like Witness and Dead Poets Society. 
This is a TV miniseries. I think Foxtel showed it in Australia. Yes, is in that right? Australia. It's set That's in ho- it is set in Australia, and then it's been showing on Amazon Prime in the US. Now it's on BBC Two in the UK, and it's on definitely on Wednesday nights. Set in uh, 1900, we start by look, uh, meeting the character of Hester Appleyard, played by uh, Natalie Dormer. She's this sort of Cockney, lower-class person posing as this upper-class sort of widow, purchases this like grand mansion and turns it into a girls' school. Then we flash forward to um, coming up to Valentine's Day of 1900. Um, we meet these... Um, Different types of characters, the the schoolgirls that we'll be following. There's a sort of tomboyish one, one played by uh, Samara Weaving, who we saw in Smilf. She's more of a sort of upper-class heiress who they want to sort of marry off to various different sort of high-ranking officers. And then there's another character as well. As as the title would suggest, they go to Hanging Rock for a picnic, and um, which is an annual thing for the school to do. But this year, the three girls plus one of their teachers goes missing while Natalie Dormer's character is back at school sort of chastising one of the younger pupils who I believe was in an orphanage previously. This, um, I enjoyed sort of stylistically. Matt wasn't keen on watching it, so we weren't no, going to. I, I just I wasn't well, that I keen. Did, you I said you didn't I, fancy I, I, it. I don't think it appealed to me because it was another period drama. I hadn't really heard a lot about it. But I think I, I, I tried it out and I think stylistically there was a bit to talk about. The thing that sort of ruined it for me a little bit was the, the copy that I was watching kept sort of buffering and stopping. I watched and... that copy. It didn't happen. So you might oh, want okay. to get onto your... your, your, your but then see, I, watched, I had to finish watching it on a streaming site and it worked fine. So I don't think it had anything to do with my internet. Just weird. Maybe it was just the time I was watching it. They say, no, you can't watch it at this specific no, it's time. It's too late, Matt. Go to bed. Yeah. Go to bed. So, so yeah, so we, we weren't going to watch it. And then I said there was something to talk about. And you're both going to disagree with me now, aren't you? I don't know. I, th- I, I, I think you've hit the nail right on the head there. I think stylistically it looks quite good. I think Natalie Dormer's a strong lead. Oh, no, um, she's not. You, we are going to get some dissension here from me and sure. Luke. No. I know. Well, no, Never I... liked her. Never, I don't think ever. she's strong enough to anchor a series. She can be a good supporting player in something like Game of Thrones, but I think, or I think she was in the Tudors as one of the wives. But here, I think she has to be the lead. And I, I, I was thinking of several actresses who I thought could do a better job. I was thinking maybe Claire Foy would be good in this mm-hmm. role. Or she's um, got some free time now as well. Yeah, I think that the, <laughs> I, I think she lacks no, the she's presence not the country. to play like. This dual role, this sort of authoritative head. There's something about her as a yeah. as an actress, let alone a, a character, that you just don't you just yeah. don't want to spend There's, any time with. She hasn't got her a lot of actress. presence, has she? She's no. always got like a off putting aura to her, like a sort of standoffishness to her. But I think I think that works in her favour mm-hmm. in this role because the role is very unlikable. Yeah, but I don't think so she has I, that presence to be that okay. authoritarian. I was intrigued. I think it went through quite quickly. I was thinking, as you say, period piece, blah, blah, blah. Actually, you know, the plot moved along quite quickly and, and didn't, didn't sort of suffer too much background or exposition. But I, I don't think there was enough for me to watch another episode. No, I, agree. I think 
if there was not a lot else on, and I think from now we've got some other stuff, I think I might keep on with this. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in doing that. Seeing as we've got other shows we what, want to talk about, what other shows have we got to talk about? Well, I need to go and watch Hidden, and you know, keep no, you faith don't, and don't, Unforgotten. don't, don't watch you Hidden. Don't. No, Let okay. Me my mini review of Hidden it is a Welsh Shetland. Okay, fine. I won't be spending any time on Picnic at Hangrock. I got to the end, uh, and I just didn't really care. Enough to continue. Stylistically, I didn't really like the pink, the pink titles mm-hmm. that they went for. I think it was an interesting, quite bold choice. It's but... got a haziness about it, which is almost yeah. off-putting to it. You know, because there's this sort of mystical quality to it. I found almost a bit off-putting, and I didn't find it an easy watch, mainly because of the buffering issues I had. But I, I <laughs> yeah, I, that must I, have made it seem even more strange. Yeah, but <laughs> I, had, than... I enjoyed bits of what I saw. Another criticism I would have, and this might be a as Luke said, it might just be on me, is that the actresses playing the schoolgirls were in their 20s. And yeah, I no, I'd agree with oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah. But, it, it almost kind looked, of for that reason, Natalie Dormer has quite a young face, and I think there's not a lot of years between her and, say, Samara Weaving, who's about 26, 27. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think that's difficult. So it's just Natalie Dormer is more to the, you know, age in her late 30s, early 40s. It's just that she happens to be a very fresh-faced. Yeah, it's not necessarily her fault. But it's the fault of the casting director for casting. Well, that's that's a separate you know, issue. Seventeen year old, twenty six year olds, and seventeen year olds. Anyway, yeah. I just found it. I just found it just there. Really, that's how I. Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't. I didn't sit there cursing you, going, "Why did you make me watch it?" But no. I also come. You know, if we weren't talking about it now, then I yeah. would have just watched it and yeah. forgotten all about it, which is not. What what I want from TV, not what anyone wants, really. Just something they can forget about. Picnic at Hanging Rock, sort of a no from all three of us. But I am because we don't get many Australian imports, and um, I I hope that this is a a thing that happens more that we get Australian. I imports. think this was bought mainly because they thought it would appeal to a BBC audience. You know, sort yeah. of. Well, that's why I was surprised. I mean, you know, I I I wasn't. I was surprised that it's not a BBC production. Certainly Although the BBC do seem to be doing more imports, what with Versace and they've got Trust coming yeah. up as well. So, but also, aren't they bringing over? That I noticed on the previews bit that they did the trailer. They're bringing over the Sandra O oh, uh, project. Well, that, that, was on that BBC is a BBC America. America. Yeah, but it was is... it was BBC America, which is being transferred. Mm. So you know they, they they're even keeping some of that mm. some of the other stuff back for the summer. Yes, for, it, for the I, autumn. I think they've made a mistake there because Killing Eve is is getting about as much praise as as uh, Keeping Faith is. I mean, the US critics love... Yeah, I've seen a lot of praise for that. And I'm just thinking, put it on now while... While we, while we well, haven't got anything Or may, to... maybe because they have some investment in it, they're thinking, no, we'll, we'll get some you know, better, better promotion out of it in the autumn. Is BBC 3, I read? And then, and then BBC 1. one. Yeah. Oh, right, and then iPlayer as well. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Pick of the week. Oh, gosh. Um, well, uh, the one show we didn't talk about... Which I'm not watching the us, one show. The one show that all three of us are enjoying that we haven't yeah. spoken about, but is worthy of a pick I was of the just week. Go- I was just going to say, because you've not watched the second episode, which is my favourite, but go on. Yeah. Is... Mortimer and White House, or White House and Mortimer. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Gone what fishing. I would just say gone fishing. I, yeah. I, I, I think, think that's it's a much Mortimer and White House gone fishing, I think. Is yes. 
Uh, Wednesday nights, BBC Two, ironically after Picnic at Hanging Rock, on, on BBC Two on Wednesdays at 10. That is the most relaxed, fun half hour you could spend with with anyone, and, and it is just great TV. And it, it is what I call a not-so-guilty pleasure, in that I don't feel bad about watching it. I don't care what other people say. I don't care if the premise seems boring. I like it. I, I said this to Luke Offer because last week when I talked about it, I compared it to the trip, but I think it's got more it's in common with the detectorists, yeah. with its sort of slow oh, okay. nature and yeah. scenes and of the, them the countryside yeah. uh, atmosphere and the banter, well, the sort of yeah. them talking. I mean, I know you haven't seen this yet, but the so- it's talking about songs they'd have played at their funeral and yeah. the third episode. My favourite bits was about that. What would be shown in their BAFTA clips when they died. <laughs> The funny thing for me is, throughout my life, I've not been a fan of Bob Mortimer or Paul Whitehouse, and <laughs> I've never fish. been f- or, or, or gone fishing, fishing or cared about fishing. But there's some, there's such a charm and a sweetness and an honesty to the half hour that they do every week that you can't not. One, one fall of my friends, actually, both two of my friends when I was younger. Well, were you going to say fishermen. both of your friends? Then, no, 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 no. Two of my friends were keen fishermen when I was younger. And I did go along, but I'd never had any interest in fishing. But I appreciated the... And I think that's the thing. For for uh, Paul Whitehouse, there's an interest in just enjoying life, isn't there? Yeah. You know, he, when he when he, when he he gets to these places, he's like, look at the view, you know, and look at, you know, relax and everything. So, uh, whereas Bob Mortimer is kind of the more kind of intrigued well, cooking, in... he's cooking, isn't he? Yeah, he's cooking and he's All more intrigued in the... healthy foods. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I just like the interplay between them. It, it's yeah. sweet and lovely. So that is that, and sharp objects are the only thing. No, and I'm forgotten. And I'm forgotten. Uh, certainly, one it. thing, one thing I won't. Which the show I believe is scraping the barrel. Uh, the Bletchley Circle, San Francisco. I, I mean, did what not the know hell? that there was a Bletchley Circle coming. Well, here's <sighs> the weird thing about that. Is this so the interesting it... journey to our screen. It, I'm going to do another one. You didn't think you'd get two no, interesting well, no, journeys no, to our no, screen no, no, in one. No, go on. So um, that was done in 2011 and 2012 by the by ITV. Really? With, uh, with um, what's Anna it Maxwell called? Martin. Anna Maxwell Martin, Rachel Sterling and Judy Graham as the Bletchley Codebreakers. And, uh, they and ax- the other one, there was a fourth. Yeah. They axed it in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Was it 2013? Uh, yeah. Show. So they axed it in 2013. So Britbox, who in America is an app or a streaming yeah, service, I've heard of it, where you can watch stuff on the BBC and ITV. They work together. They commissioned this show because the British Circle has gone down as one of the things that streams really well. They commissioned it and set it in America. And ITV have decided we like that idea, even though we axed it. We're going to buy the show from you. So they bought this show. And are going to show it on Wednesday nights on ITV. So on Wednesday nights, you can either watch Picnic at Hanging Rock um, or this on BBC Two and ITV. I'm going to always go for 24 hours in A&E. Yeah, I was going to say. I'd, ra- I'd rather sit in A&E for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, I was going to say. No, 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 no. You do you not You might do have that. some cleaning to do for an hour and then you can watch uh, Vic, and Bob, Vic and Bob, Bob and yeah. Paul yeah. at, yeah, at 10 o'clock. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, it's, and there's it's also the uh, as yet unseen by me the Mark Como documentary, which yeah. I oh yeah I haven't seen that yet, but I have recorded it. Hasn't it hasn't been so. on. It's time of recording. Oh, is it on, on tonight? Right. It's on it's on tonight. tonight, right? 
as we record. Have you watched the Ramesh Ranganathan thing? Yeah, I watched the first one. I haven't oh, watched the second. Do you want to tell us about? It? Is that worth watching? Uh, it's worth watching, but I don't really feel I can talk about it. I don't. I, I feel, didn't watch it. What do you mean? <laughs> well, no. I mean, Hang on. What, is it full of bad language? What's no, going no, on? No. That's what Gary. That's the concept of this podcast. I wasn't watching it to review it. So I had it, but it was, I was doing other things. Did you not talk about it anyway? No, not really, because I can't remember a lot of it. I, I honestly can't. I'd have to that doesn't normally that. stop you. <laughs> I watched it with my mum, and she was talking a lot during the episode. Okay. So I, 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 I can't. Oh, so is this the series he's got that's going on in America as well, or is that something else? No, no, that's a different thing altogether. And I think that's what's confusing me as well. He's making quite a name for himself in doing this kind of style of, of programme. So I don't good actually on like it. I, th- I think he's a little overexposed now doing these sort of shows. And yeah. the very fact that you're confusing the fact that he's got But I think that's so more me than going. him. That's well, more he has than got him. a lot on the go that are very similar. Yeah. But, um, I, but I, I think there's a lot else that people could be watching rather than what's being shown next week. I think I think you're right. Next week, there are just the three highlights. So if you want to, get in touch with us on Twitter, at TV for me, at the Gary Show for Gary, and at MattTVBytes for Matt. Podcast feed is all over iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcast from. If you can review it, just to raise the profile of the podcast a bit, we'd be very grateful that Paul Coleman interview as part of the a new series of what I hope will be long running uh, in the future. Me and TV can have a listen to that there Which as well. Which has gone down very well by looking at the Twitter comments. It so. appears to be. Gary, so, have you um, listened to it? I have. Uh, I gave uh, Luke some feedback, but I'm happy to say yeah. on air, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a good insight. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I look for that's what I'm saying that's why I wanted it I, will, I look forward to more because I well, think it's an I've interesting concept I've got some lined up but I yeah. don't want to put people I mean um, yeah I've got some lined up I appreciate um, it's not going to be a weekly series you know no. it's not something you're going to be but I, I, I like it every couple of months I would hope yeah. to do one that's, but, um, also uh, if you are a Patreon backer for us then today is is worthy of your time because <laughs> we're about to record uh, a oh, special tenth Patreon extra helping. This will be the yeah, tenth to extra do helping. to do with the Emmys nominations that will go up before this podcast goes up. So it'll already be there by the time you're listening to this. Patreon.com forward slash the Custard TV. And you can us. just join for one month and get all the podcasts yeah. and then come back yeah. when Luke up, uploaded The Simpsons. Take <laughs> take take them away on holiday every, with you for the plane journey and then. A dig. Um, so we'll be back. I don't know whether it's worthy to come back. I mean, I've uh, forgotten. Well, at some point it will, but perhaps not next week yeah. is what you're saying. Perhaps not next we week. We might have a holiday next week because I'm starting a new job. and Yeah, you'll be stressed out. It's the irony. Well, see, I've, not. Got, I've got not a lot to do, so. Gary, you, know, you, you could do a solo podcast and we'll put it up on Patreon. <laughs> They're not even yeah. on the main feed like Lou. I just get Patreon, do I? Brilliant. Luke hasn't done a solo podcast. He was interviewing. Well, it's it's, if you interview someone, if you can find someone to interview, we'll put it up on the main feed. If I was motivated, I would take. I would say challenge accepted, but I know I'm not. So, (laughs) so if you're on Patreon, (laughs) head over there now. Get ready to listen to an unmotivated guy. Yeah, (laughs) head over there now as we discuss. This year's Emmy nominations and in all email, their... Email, email. Oh, email, yeah. We, we'd we love to have some yeah, interaction with please. you, really. Because we want to know what to watch. Or, or, you know, what or you enjoy watch. about the podcast. Maybe you think this is just an excuse for us to bully Gary Weekly. It isn't. It just happens anyway. Um, custard TV <laughs> reviews. I haven't been bullying Gary. That's just you. No, you, you've been quite rude. Uh, 
That's the TV reviews. With an S on the end at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Alternatively, I set up an email for uh, the pro- the other podcast, which you can use as well, which might be easier. It's Luke at the TV.com if you want to go that direction as well. Head over to Patreon now, support us there, and we'll chat about the Emmys. Bye. 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 Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.